Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. This is the most dramatic podcast ever, an iHeartRadio podcast. Chris Harrison, Lauren Zima, coming to you from the home office in beautiful Austin, Texas. I hope everybody had a great holiday week. You had a good Thanksgiving. Got to spend some time with family, or better yet, the people you really love. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's joking. I'm joking. No, it's uh, we, Lauren and I often discuss like, do you you know do you have to spend time with family? We'll get into that someday. But we spent Thanksgiving. We talked about. I went to your hometown and your childhood home in Elgin, Illinois, not Chicago. It's it's a suburb. It's of a Chicago. northwest suburb. Yes. yes, beautiful, and it was beautiful. I loved it. I absolutely had the best time with Donna Zima, your mom, Christina, your sister. Unfortunately, the guys couldn't make it this year. It was me. I was solo with the ladies. You were, which you know, I think you do well in that environment. It is where I thrive the most. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it all because of the show? Because you actually grew up with just a brother. But we've had this discussion before. You like one time we went on a trip to Mexico. Yeah. And my little sister 
We invited my little sister and her husband. Her husband wasn't able to come, but we told my sister, my sister was like, well, I just want to come. So it, we ended up doing a trip, a few days you and I, and then my sister joined and you, you just do well when it's you and the ladies. What is that about? I think number one, I was raised by amazingly strong, beautiful women. From, True. Your from mother. My mom, I, my cousins and my grandmother and aunts. And so I just, I've always had really, really strong women present in my life. And so I've just, you know, keep up or shut up. And, uh, and then obviously I think the show. The show had to have had some effect over 20 years of being surrounded by 30 women and dealing with all that. Right. Cause let's let it, well, here's an easy way to tell. Yeah. Picture yourself in a situation like this past weekend. What happened was my little brother, I don't know if everybody's heard, there is this horrible illness sweeping Respiratory through respiratory dogs. Illness. Yes. Yeah. So my little brother has two dogs. His kennel canceled. He had to stay home in California with his dogs. So he couldn't make Thanksgiving. And then my sister's husband was with his parents. So in the situation we had this weekend, which was you, me, my mom, and my sister, how would you have done like in your 20s, Chris Harrison, before ever being on the show versus now Chris Harrison? How would you have vibed in each, you know, before or after the show? Good question. I think I fa- I would have fared the same in that I would have done well. I would have been comfortable in the situation, but I think I am with my experience and my age. I am much more comfortable of just letting things happen, letting things roll off my but back. But not things every just, guy your age would be like, sure, let me hang out with all the women in my family. Things this just yeah, things just don't bother me at all. Like in that in that regard, I don't know if they ever ha- ever would have, but definitely now in my life, I just I love it. I really just relish the opportunity to be with you. Um, you, we divided and conquered a couple of times early on in our relationship. And sometimes it's just the way we get through it and we kind of appease both our families. But I obviously I just love it when we're together. And it means so much to me. It meant a lot to me. We didn't fly together to Chicago, but it meant a lot to me just flying into Chicago, walking through O'Hare Airport, which is of many airports, is maybe the most beautifully dressed. It's so festive. For Christmas, yeah. Shout out to O'Hare Airport, famously filmed in Home Alone when the family is running, yeah. trying to catch the plane. They always do the best Christmas decorations. And it's that one American Airlines terminal where they shot that scene. And that's where we arrive because we fly American in there. And so walking through that, is, it, it is iconic. And whether mm-hmm. you know it or not, you know it. And it just, it sparks that kind of nostalgia. And so O'Hare Airport's beautiful and the airport was not crazy. Everybody was awesome. And it was good to go out to your childhood home, which I had never been before, but I had heard so much about it just to see the origin story of Lauren Zima. Did it change the way you thought of me at all? No, I think it's cemented of why, who you are, why the way you are of just, you, you know, when you talk about Midwestern people, I think we have this idea of how giving they are and loving and, and nurturing and kind of family oriented and the way you grew up. I wouldn't say on a farm, but you guys kind of grew up on some land. <laughs> it's hard to explain. You were kind of isolated with your family. And it's just like, it was little, a little, little house on the prairie for me. It is. So I think people don't, because I say I'm from Chicago, because if anybody else out there is from the Chicago suburbs, if you, there's so many Chicago suburbs. And if you say the name of your suburb, Lake Forest or Naperville or whatever, people unfamiliar are like, well, where is that? So I just say Chicago. And people who live in the city get annoyed at people who live in the suburbs saying, yeah. don't you're say not you're from, from Chicago. Chicago. Yes. That's like me. I'm from Dallas. And when people, I'm like, oh, where, where are you from? Denton or McKinney? I'm like, you're not from Dallas then. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, 
So, but I grew up on several acres of land because we're kind of 40 minutes to an hour outside the yes. city. And my parents bought the land like back in the 80s and like built our house on it. So yeah, it is kind of isolated. <laughs> but I think it gave me, and it, it was interesting to talk to you about it because it kind of made me reflect on what I got out of that upbringing. I think two major things. One, it made my family very close. Like we didn't have neighbors. So my siblings and I were always hanging out together. Um, and my siblings and I are very close today. And two, it gave me, um, well, it also made me a kind of a weirdo. I'll, I'll say three things. I love being a weirdo. We had, we had to read a lot. Again, we didn't have a lot of people to hang out with. Wander through the woods, play acting. <laughs> Using our imaginations. <laughs> so, and then three, I think it gave me like a sense of, you know, our family pitches in and helps and does things together. Yeah. I don't come home for the holidays and just sit around and my mom does everything. And part of that was growing up sort of in the woods. I mean, one time my sister and I came home for Christmas and an owl had dropped dead in our front yard. And my sister and I had to go shovel that owl and bring it out to the woods. And so that's just like what my family does and what I wanted to compliment you on. And if anybody's just starting to date someone, I and maybe you are planning on or did bring them home to your family for the first time this holiday season, it is such a gauge to me on a relationship. If you bring someone home and they jump in and start helping, like do they just see themselves as a guest or are they, hey, can I do anything in the kitchen? Can I take the trash out? Can I like, that is such a read on what type of partner a yeah. person is going to be. Look for stuff to do. Don't wait to be asked and don't just go sit in front of the television and watch football, whatever, get involved. And to me, that was, that's how I've, I've honestly connected very well with your mom because we spend a lot of time in the kitchen together and we talk and, you know, we just share things. It's not anything specific. And I enjoy also being involved and engaged. It gives me something to do. And so, I am so grateful because Lord knows I can't help my mom in the kitchen. But then you get involved in your ways. Like, you know, as I set up the tables, I set up the bar. Thank God, Chris Harrison, the sous chef, is the sous chef my mom always wanted <laughs> in her family. Um, let's talk about your pecan pie. Yeah. So I was in charge of uh, my famous mashed potatoes and I did a tenderloin. And that famous, that wow, world famous, <laughs> world famous mashed potatoes. Were they ever on the show? Nobody can. No, I've never cooked on the show. You I never. Know, it would have, that would have been a good date if I had cooked for them. That one would day. have been hilarious. They showed up and I just cooked them dinner and we all hung out. That would actually have been a good idea. I'm going to go off on a quick. We need a name for what when we do this. Yeah, I'm going to go on a tree branch for a minute. Just branch out from the main topic uh -huh. and we'll circle back. What are some things you wanted to do on the show? Because I know that oh, it was always yeah. you know. You had a lot of bosses and I've been in that situation too, where you have a fun, creative idea and people just say, no, no, no. What did you want to do or film or do as a date that never happened? The A number one, when the kids were younger, I wanted to show up at a date and drop off my kids. Why did they never do that? I pitched this idea for years when the kids were younger and I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. I said, we're going to set it up like, oh, we're having a fun, sexy movie night. Nope. Ding dong. Here's my kids, guys. I'll be back in a few hours and just leave my kids and you have to babysit them. Brilliant. And, uh, and, brilliant. and I would have told my kids because they were old enough. I've been like, be, be a, bad. Yeah, be a holy terror. <laughs> just like raise hell today. But that, I thought that would have been a great date because that's real life. Like now you got to take care of kids. And how are you know, even if they were super young, because you know, my kids were born while I was doing the show, 
Josh was born six weeks before I got hired, but then Taylor was a couple of years later. So they were young enough to where, I mean, they could have been diaper changing age. Like you have to watch babies. Such a good idea. Been great. And it would have been safe because sometimes if you bring in like outside unknown kids, that can be a right. little, that's a lot on a set or, for, yeah. but no union issues. Yeah, These no. are my kids. And I would have sat in the control room and made sure they weren't going to, you know, really harm them too much. <laughs> and I, I would have been able to judge a lot by that. Yes. See how they are with the kids. And what was the reason why they never did that? I don't know. They don't give a reason. Probably because it was my idea. They hated if I ever had an idea. I, I wish people sometimes, okay, I don't want to get into it all. Get but, into it. Go. Well, there's just something really psychological that happens in this business. And I don't know if other industries are like it, but it is because when you are like uh, an on-camera personality, the higher ups never want you they don't want to pay you that much. So the part of the way that they keep your salary down is they kind of psychologically um, make you feel like your ideas aren't good enough or anybody else could take this job. You're, it's not that you're so good at it. And yeah. I definitely think that was a way oh, that Well, that I worked for years. someone specifically who had the kind of belief that if it wasn't their idea, then it was not a good idea. Yeah. And that was a an odd, odd way to work for 20 years. I remember years. there were some scenes that you did some bits like during the pandemic seasons. Yeah. At, whenever it was at La Quinta, I can't remember whose season that, like uh, Tasha and Claire's, I yeah. think. And you were so funny. And even though we were dating at the time, I remember thinking, I know I'm dating this guy and I'm a little bit, have rose colored glasses on for him, but he's funny. And you never got to do those funny and bits. You know as why much. we did that? We were able to do it is because we were in quarantine. And the people. You didn't have that much to do. Well, and the people that were usually the biggest roadblocks. They weren't willing to come quarantine. They didn't want to be with us. So the producers I really got along with and, and really loved, and I thought were amazingly creative and really ran the show, we didn't have to put up with any roadblocks. We were in this bubble. And so we got to actually finally do what we wanted to do, which was have some laughter, make me a, kind of a comedic moment or two at a time. So that's we were bizarrely more unfettered. Well, no, that totally makes sense because those people didn't want to bother to quarantine, so they yeah, weren't no, there. They weren't there. They they talked about coming, but they weren't ever going to come. Back to Thanksgiving. I made a pie, and you are a pie perfectionist. No, well, yes, but I've, I'm not a baker. I do love to cook. I love to make food. I love to make you dinners and things like that. But I'm not a baker. And it is a different skill set. And so I don't bake a lot of cakes and cookies and pies. And in fact, I never made a pecan pie from scratch. By the way, I did not make the crust. So that, that part was not from scratch, but the rest was. And you guys went somewhere. Probably Marshall's Probably Home Marshall's or, or something. No, you know what? Y'all went to Orange Theory. You did a late night Orange Theory sesh. And I and y'all asked if I wanted to go. I said, no, I'm going to stay and get this pecan pie done because your your mom only has one oven and we were kind of trying to share the oven. And so I stayed to make a pie. They were making other pies. And so the oven was set at like 375 or something. I needed it at 350. It was, a, it was an away game. You know how you're not comfortable in someone else's you know stadium? So I was in your mom's. I did, didn't really understand the oven. And I didn't get it down to the right temperature. And I burned my first pie. It wasn't that burnt. But this is why I say pie perfectionist in the most complimentary way. I knew he like we got back. He's like, I burnt the pie. It really wasn't burnt. It was well, a little, if you watch Great British Baking Show. It was overbaked. Yes. Paul would have said overbaked. Overbaked. Yes. And, and so it was just, you know, 10 to 15 degrees hotter than it should have been, which so it didn't scorch it. But here's it. what was so cute. Yeah. 
I knew you wouldn't be able to let it go. I knew it. I'm like, babe, it's really fine. But I knew. And finally, I just said, do you want us to go get more stuff? And do you want to rebake this pie? And of course, you said, yes, you need to put out a good product. Yeah. It's important. I want to you. impress your mom. And I knew the family was coming over. I wanted to produce what I said I was going to produce. And so uh, and I needed to prove to myself that I could do this because I had a, the process down. I'm like, OK, I got this the slow pour in and the start. I was like, okay, I got the process. And it was just that stupid extra 15 <laughs> degrees. And I'm like, damn it, I can do this. And the next one actually turned out really well. I, every, the pie was great. Everybody loved it. His tenderloin crushed, the mashed potatoes Famous. killed, yeah. all very good. You just mentioned that you didn't make your own dough. I have a serious question mm -hmm. because you know I don't know. What cheats are acceptable in the kitchen at the holidays. Stuff like making your own dough or not. I know some people will, you know, some people just go buy their turkey yeah. or and whatever. Like, what are you- I okay talked to with? a woman today who she was telling me how she was making her turkey. And I asked her today, post Thanksgiving, I said, how'd it go? She's like, it actually turned out great. I'll never do it again. And I don't disagree with that. I told her, <laughs> I said, you know, I get that. There's I take joy in the work. I think your mom does too. I don't know if your sister does as much, but she was in there cranking it out with us. But I think there are people that truly get enjoyment from the days leading up to it. I'm fine. If you want to buy the whole thing, buy the whole thing. Go to a store, go to whatever, have it catered. I'm fine with that. But I just, there are certain things. Here's what I would be okay with personally. I'd be okay with get the proteins, go get a turkey, go get a tenderloin, whatever. I enjoy making the sides. I think that's the fun part. Oh, yeah. I was also going to say, I'm totally like, pick up a pie, you know, yeah. from your great local bakery. I mean, obviously, I can't say anything about it because I don't cook any of it. But I actually fall in the category of liking the preparation more. Because to me, I mean, Thanksgiving the day was great. My cousins were there. We played some card games. We had a great time. But you get so much more, like I love family chaos. And I think some fun family chaos happens when my mom's going to the grocery store 20 times and did she accidentally forget to pull the turkey out of the freezer and we're cleaning the house. And in those little moments, you know, life happens in the little moments a lot. Um, in those little moments is when we laugh the most and we're kind of tired and we're teasing each other. And those are where I make a lot of memories. For sure. The two days I spent in the kitchen with your mom were, were my favorite times with your mom. That was the most intimate where I got to talk and share and both, you know, we, you were off doing stuff and it was just us. And so to me that if I had lost all that and I just came in and we laid out pre prepared stuff and pre-bought stuff, it wouldn't have been the same moment for me. It wouldn't have been the same experience. So I like that. I like getting in the weeds and diving in and cooking and making our mistakes. And your mom is like me. She cusses and gets mad when she makes a mistake in the kitchen, just like I do. Like oh we very gosh. much share that. A lot has happened since I was a kid. We weren't allowed to say the word sucks when we were kids. Yeah. Like that sucks. And by the way, your mom did not, you thought she said one thing and she really doesn't cuss. She's like, you know, like gosh darn or whatever. That's no, her no, cussing. No, no, no. She started cussing. Yeah. She's she's growing up <laughs> and she started cussing. I don't know. But I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and I did. I loved, oh, and by the way, um, a shout out uh, to Mariano's. I think that was the grocery store I went to. Isn't that it? Yes. Um, good memory. Jewel Osco. Had never been to a Jewel Osco. They were great. Such a great way to get in touch with a place you're visiting. Go to the local grocers. Totally. And um, also, you guys, was it the Beef Shack? 
Beef Shack. Um, local Chicago. He had his first Chicago beef. So I, I got there and I said, you know, they're like, what do you want? I said, well, I want Italian beef. I, you know, there's- Like a sandwich. That's yeah. what it is if you're- And so here. we went to a place called Beef Shack and it was fantastic. I, I, This is what a gluttonous Chicago pig I wanted to be because I'm a foodie. I just love trying everything. So I got the beef sandwich there and I got a hot dog, a Chicago dog. That was, you know, has the pickles, the relish, the 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 green, the we super didn't eat green it all, but relish. It was so good. No, but it was very good. And uh, I had to get a pizza before I left, and I went to Lou Malnati's. Mm-hmm. Right, Lou. Is that Lou right? Malnati's. You Lou had to Malnati's. get a deep dish. Yes. And I posted about this. I tell you what, that really strikes a very personal, emotional chord. I've never had so many. Chicagoans uh-huh. uh, reach out to me and be like, that is the best. That is what I dream of. And I order it and they they will ship it to you. But we had a great, because we were at the second oldest Lou Malnati's that opened in yes. 1971, Schaumburg, by the way. Schaumburg, Illinois. Yes. Um, I think people are very passionate about the food they grew up on. The local spots, I mean, some of those local spots become franchises or chains, but it's always interesting to see what lives up to the hype. Because sometimes, you know, like I remember I told you, about Portillo's yes. and about Portillo's chocolate cake and how great oh. it was. And then you tried it and it did live up it to It changed that. my life. The Portillo's chocolate cake changed my life. It's the greatest chocolate cake I've ever had. And <sighs> if you ever have a chance, Portillo's, by the way, can, congratulations, they are spreading around the country. I saw one in Scottsdale, Arizona. There are a couple so other states, they're moving but it's around, in Illinois. Thing. But it's a, it, it is a Chicago, Illinois thing. Um, oh, one more shout out. What's the name of your favorite Greek restaurant y'all finally took me oh, to? Oh, we love Greek Isles. It's in Lombard. It's also in downtown Chicago. And it is old school Greek. And it was Lauren and her mom and her sister. They've been telling me about this place for forever and they always go. And I've always wanted to visit. So we went to Greek Isles as well. And that was great. Yes. It was wonderful. So you know I, what I, I th- did? I just realized I didn't tell you. What? I'm taking a turn. Tree Branch. That's where we had my dad's celebration of life. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. kind of wake. Yes. Yeah. So that place is- Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I, I just realized I didn't tell you that. Yeah, that's where we had it. Um, so that's how important that restaurant wow. is to us. But, well, now I'm really glad I went. Yeah. You know what, though? I just realized that's a really beautiful thing about it is we don't have sadness when we're there, though. Yeah. No, it was definitely a joyful celebration. No, we kind of did an early birthday dinner for me. And we've had a lot of family celebrations there over the years. And as I think about it, that's really pretty beautiful that one place can be all those things. For you know, sure. it's it can be a place of reflection and tears, but joy and um, yeah. And my favorite thing about the Zima ladies, when we go to restaurants, I really don't order. <laughs> I just sit there. They order. We also went to an Italian place that was really good. And I I just sit, I know the food's going to come my way and, and the Zima don't get in the way. Just And we also went to the local Orange Theory twice. Yes, I we went did. with your mom, your sister, and yourself. There was all four of us. We lined up on the treadmills, uh, treadmill one through four. Uh, shout out to Misty. She's Misty. an amazing instructor in Bartlett, Illinois. Bartlett, Illinois. That We went to the Bartlett Orange Theory uh, twice. But what, again, is great, and I guess I don't, I love that you're listing everything, give everybody a shout out. But what it makes me think is when you visit someone's family, jump in, do what they do. Like a, a big red flag to me is not only does someone not pitch in and help, but if you go to somebody's house, do you make it about you? If you go out to dinner with somebody and their people mm-hmm. and they like to order and share, are you the, well, no, I just like to get my own thing. 
Like when you're on somebody else's turf, jump in, live life the way they live it, experience it. You're kind of seeing their family culture, their vibe. Maybe you don't have to do it forever, but you did a really great job of doing that the first time. And it's not something I asked you to do. It's just who you are. Well, I loved it. And it was great to see a little piece of your history and your origin story. And uh, it was great to go to Elgin, Illinois in Chicago. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman. Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Let's get to the headlines. Let's jump in with something that happened over Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. You were very excited about it. Dolly Parton's, was it a halftime performance? Yes. At the Dallas Cowboys game, but started some controversy. I would never think that Dolly Parton would come with controversy. Everybody loves her. But she wore a Dallas cheer, Cowboy cheerleaders uniform. Yeah. 
at 77 years old. Yes. And some people took issue with it. A couple of, first of all, the Dallas Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving is a tradition. They always play on Thanksgiving Day. It's kind of like the Detroit Lions, although Detroit always loses, unfortunately, and the Cowboys always win. They didn't play each other. But that game is a tradition. Watching it on Thanksgiving is a family tradition of mine. And I, I, I was very thankful that you guys didn't mind that I had the game on at the Zima house. So we watched the Cowboy game. And two things. Number one, Jack Harlow performed at a prior game earlier that day and had a disastrous performance. It was unbelievably panned, critically destroyed. Yeah. It was really weird. Nobody's really sure if he was sabotaged by his manager, <laughs> what happened? People slammed it. It was terrible. So then it's always a big tradition um, with uh, the Salvation Army that the Cowboys have a Salvation Army halftime show on Thanksgiving Day. It kind of kicks off their giving. And it's a big deal who the performer is. This year was the legend, the icon, Dolly Parton. Everybody was pretty excited about that just in general. It's Texas. It's Dolly. Things are bigger in Texas, if you know what I mean. And Dolly comes out and she is in the most iconic uniform, maybe next to the Cowboys themselves, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. As we say, and as they say, often imitated, never equaled. Well, I think they were imitated and equaled by Dolly Parton because guys, she crushed it. And I don't know why anybody thinks that's controversial. I don't know why anybody has a problem with it because she is a legend. And the thing, the legend of Dolly has always been a woman who forged her own path. The woman who broke through every glass ceiling, who created this industry on her own, a female artist in a very male-driven world, especially when she broke in. I mean, think of her as kind of the Barbara Walters of country music. She was doing this at a time when it was really not all that welcomed and admired, and she did it. And so for her to come out and what, break another mold, you got a problem with it? She is a badass, legendary icon, and she just once again proved why she is a legend. I agree with everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some people were saying, you know, and I hate when media does this, when it's like grab one tweet and, you know, act like that's the, I I think overall people didn't have an issue with it. You know, I, 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 I saw it was like the one tweet was like act your age. I mean, please. I think. What's acting 77? You want her to walk out in a. What that mentality says to me is like a judgment on women. I mean, so what if that was a, so if that's a woman in it's ageism, if that's a woman who's 25 wearing that, then it's okay. Right. Yeah. You think she's hotter? Is that better right. for you? Right. I mean, Dolly Parton's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. She looks great. Like you said, um, I, I mean, she has always beaten, marched to the beat of her own drum and that's what makes her great. And she's changed the world by doing that. Totally. So thank you for changing the world in many ways, Dolly. And, you know, definitely paved, you know, paved the path for, whether it's Kelly Clarkson or you know any all the women that came through in the '90s, you name it, that like she is the one who paved that path, and she was on the show. Dolly was on uh, ba- Bachelor. I think it was Emily Maynard's season. She was on. I think we went to Dolly World. Wow, Dolly good guess. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was a good guess. She was awesome. She's just salt of the earth, beautiful woman. Love her, and I'm glad that uh, she really blew it up on. Thanksgiving Day for my beloved Dallas Cowboys who won and made it just that much sweeter. Made the pie taste that much better on Thanksgiving. Here's a comparison I would give. If a 75-year-old, I don't know, 
actor, sports announcer. Say that. How about Mick Jagger? He's 108. Okay. If he came out in a Dallas Cowboys football uniform because they were performing, would anyone have said Mick act your age? No. No, they think it was funny. How about when Creed came out years ago and they were in Dallas Cowboy uniforms? I didn't remember. I yeah. Remember, I don't remember Inspirational that, but... Creed moment. Wow. Um, Creed. By the okay. way, uh, a little media note. 41.4 million people watched the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington Commanders football game. Obviously a captive audience. That is why Jerry always makes sure the Dallas Cowboys play on Thanksgiving Day. But when you think TV is dead, when you think things have gone by the wayside, 41 million people. That was the third largest viewing audience of a regular season football game in the history of the NFL. That's pretty crazy. All right, another headline. Catherine McPhee and David Foster mm -hmm. talking about the way that they discipline their two-year-old son. So they are acknowledging and saying that they have very different parenting styles. In fact, Catherine says, quote, his era of parenting is different. Now, I'm giving their ages here because that's what they're talking about. Catherine McPhee is 39. Her husband, David Foster, is 74. He could be in a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader outfit. He's perfect, <laughs> right? He's right in that age group. So they have their two-year-old son, and I guess David is kind of wanting to discipline, and Catherine doesn't think that they're really ready to be in that disciplinary place yet. And she said his era of parenting is different. So the question here is, you know, how do you handle that as a couple? How do you handle it if you have such different parenting styles? In this case, it's about the way you were raised, your era that you came up in. And by the way, no indictment on their age difference, whatever. Yeah. But basically what we're talking about is the way I raised my kids and the way my parents because she, he is the same age as my parents. Well, he has like so, fully grown adult children. So right. he's already done the parenting thing once through. That's it, what so I that's, mean. But this is a, yeah. it's a generation gap. It mm -hmm. is a difference in how generations raise kids. He, I mean, so 74. So that's back what in the fifties, uh, you know, when he was born. And so he was raising kids in the sixties and seventies, maybe the eighties. And so that was a very, very different time in the world. And so I get it. He actually has two daughters in their fifties. Hmm. So his, his daughters are older than me. Well, he has daughters in their 50s, mm -hmm. their 40s, wow. and a daughter in her 30s. So I will say he's done it. He's been there. He's, he's actually parented through a lot of eras. He's, <laughs> he has been through a lot of eras. He's been through the trenches. So I, you know, look, it's hard to deny when it has worked before, but I'm sure, I, I'm curious what the big differences are. If it's like, I, I spank, he, he very well may have spanked his kids. You know, back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, that's people spank their kids. And I think that's kind of frowned upon now. And and so maybe that is her thing or maybe the way he talks and he's tough love and a little more stern and my way or the highway, whereas I'm guessing maybe she's a more reasonable, you know, there are, there are those <laughs> parents who are like, we don't ever say no to our kids. We encourage, we, you know, talk to them. And so I, I'm guessing those are the usually the one, generational One of the differences. comments she says in this article is like, she's not someone who wants to say that's bad. Like, don't do that. That's bad. You know, right. I do think parenting's evolved in a lot of good ways over the years mm -hmm. too, you know, with new research and what works with kids and what doesn't. And I mean, look, we, we all have childhood trauma from the <laughs> way our parents raised us. So to me, what's important, because whether it's an age gap or where you're from, a lot of people are going to have had different upbringings and that's going to create different parenting styles. 
a friend of mine who is so in sync with her husband Mm -hmm. told me this simple thing. She said, we talked a lot about how we wanted to parent before we became parents. And I thought, I don't know if that's something a lot of people do. No, I think you're like, well, we're, we're parents now. Let's start parenting. You're well, right. Yeah, it's well, a, I think you fall in love and yeah. you talk about, are we going to get married? Are we? Do we work together? But when that's you're dating- It's a great dating, conversation to have. Yeah, do you have the conversation? You Maybe you say, do we want to have kids? But do you say, how do you want to raise your kids? Well, you know, what's interesting. Like, obviously you and I had the conversation about not having kids, but a conversation I would have loved to have had with you was, babe- if we had a baby, how would you discipline them? If we had a little boy and he did something, how would you discipline him? I, I, cause I don't know that about you. It's very, that's a, it's a great conversation to have. Like if you should know, is your husband going to spank your kids? Do you believe in that? Is that how you were raised? I, I changed throughout my parenting. I just kind of evolved quickly because what you know is how you were raised. I wanted to be my dad. I wanted to emulate my dad. I think he was a great father. And so I started, I was very my way or the highway. I was very old school, probably like David Foster, because my dad's about that age in his 70s, mid 70s. And so I was tougher. It was really tough love. And I was very strict. I remain pretty strict. I think my kids joke about it. They joked about it at our wedding. But, and I'm proud of that. I think there are very strong lines you need to set. That I feel like that was my job as a parent. Make boundaries, hold those boundaries. Their job is to push those boundaries. And the more you give, the more they're going to take. And that's that's their job. So would you parent differently today? If you suddenly had a kid tomorrow, would you parent differently than you did with Josh and Taylor? Have you changed or evolved at all? Or I mean, you made two pretty great kids, but I thought about having kids again and what, how that would be. And I, here's how, what I I think I would change. And I don't think I know here's what I would be different at what I care about. I for sure would have better perspective on things I care about, like youth sports, things that do not matter. You know, you, you think like for all the parents out there, I can tell you right now, your kid's not going to the pros. Now, for 0.001% of you that are listening, maybe he is. Maybe little Johnny, little oh, Susie's you going me, pro. You mean about like winning and being good? Because I was going to say, I think youth sports, oh, no. I'm not a sports advocate, but teaches you how to be a team player. Coaches are important. the biggest proponent of youth sports. It is invaluable to get your kids involved in youth sports, even when they're not good and they're not going to be pro, whatever. Just learning that team aspect. And like you said, winning and losing, that is invaluable for sure. But I'm just the, you know, I see these parents and I I grew up around the living vicariously through your kids and, you know, getting them a batting coach and a pitching coach at age eight, you know, and it's just, it's so, it's so much. And you see these kids actually breaking down physically. Like I was talking to a friend of mine about his kids are already getting surgeries and having issues and things that just normally we didn't have as kids because we played a season, right? It was football season. It's you play so football. Intense now. You go to basketball, you play basketball, you go to soccer, you play soccer, you go to try. You just now we, it's travel leagues and clubs, right? And, you better choose your sport by the age of eight. You better commit. If you're okay. Gonna, so you wouldn't be so into youth I, sports. Well, no, no, no. I just, I, I wouldn't, it's not that I wouldn't be into the youth sports. It's like, I think I would just have better perspective of what's important. And that goes with schooling as well of like not being so neurotic about certain things at school, certain things in sports, certain things in, you know, what, what I would draw instead of drawing every line in every boundary, I would pick my battles a little bit better. 
have a little easier going aspect of of parenting. If you were going to become a parent tomorrow, would you like do any new education on parenting? Would you read some new books or just say, nope, I got this? Hmm. I would love to tell you I would do research, <laughs> but, but the honest, honest answer, if I'm totally being honest, I would just do it. <laughs> like, like, I mean, here's what I would really want to know, because the best part is, is every generation has the best gadgets in the world. I mean, whether it's car seats, strollers, the baby diaper disappearing things, and you know, like the things that they invent are phenomenal. Oh yeah, you could have some new the diaper genies, new tech on your side. Oh yeah, for this sure. Time around, um, maybe they have robots now that change diapers. I don't know. Now everybody has the cameras. So they watch their kids in the cribs. Like you can. Just yeah, open I had up the walkie. Phone. I had the walkie-talkie thing. You know, so the two-way, <laughs> the one-way walkie-talkie, where you could hear the kids crying at night or whatever because we. You know, they didn't sleep with us. We we got them into their crib, into their room as soon as we could. We weren't the sleep between us type of parents. But you know, I I would I think I could jump right back into it. But I would have a lot more patience. I would know what to get worried about, and I think I would have a better idea of you know what where to pick my battles. By the way, what an advantage of being an older parent for sure. I mean, I remember when we had um, Dr. Sterling on the gynecologist for that episode, and she's such a big advocate of there not being a stigma about becoming an older parent. Um, she talked about that. She's like, people think about all the negatives of being an older parent. A huge positive is just yeah. that you're a calmer person. You have more perspective on life. And so that's a You can major... impart so much wisdom to your kids. Yes. You, you really can. And I thought about that too. I have, well, we have friends who have, you know, got back in the pool and they've had kids again. And they do say that. They're like, it's, it's just so much more relaxing right. this time around. But, you know, early on it's tougher because I think, you know, God gives you this finite amount of, patience and time where you don't need sleep and you don't, you know, you can put up with those ungodly hours and getting spit on and puked on and we should on. have Catherine and David on to discuss like age gap relationships. I think it'd be great. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. And again, I, obviously you and I have a fairly large age gap. It's not nearly the size of theirs, but I have no problem with that. I mean, they've been together for a very long time, clearly love each other. They've been together for a while. A couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, they, they seem to have a strong, loving relationship. I would love to talk to him about that. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. 
Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman. Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. One more headline, or should I say headlines, plural, It's hard to even keep track of it all, but Harry and Meghan, the royals, there is a new book coming out, Endgame, by a royal reporter, one of the more famous ones, all about how essentially Harry and William's relationship is over, allegedly, about Harry not being close with his father anymore, about the way the family imploded, bringing up some old stuff too. And the reason I bring up all these headlines is... Why do I still feel so passionate about it? I That's do still yeah. get fired up about all this. Yeah, I want to not care. And I can say I don't care, but it, 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 you know what? And now I just feel sorry for the whole thing. Like, for who? I don't know. <laughs> That's part <laughs> like, of it, isn't I, it? I, like, I, I, I feel sorry for Harry, but I'm also annoyed at Harry mm-hmm. because he brought a lot of this on himself, but then he also had a tragic childhood. And, the, and I know he was born in a palace and all that stuff, but if you really look at his life and boil it down and, and cliff and, and like bullet points, you're like, damn. Um, and so I, you know, I'm mad at both of them. I'm, I'm disappointed in both of them. If I could speak as a father, um, it's, I can't imagine. I, I not even gonna say can't imagine. I know it's not what their mom would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and I know how close you are to your sister and I know what my brother means to me. What a waste of a, the one person in your life that's just like, they've always got your back. And I know. I saw something the other day that was like, your parents leave you too soon. You leave your kids too soon. The people who are with you your whole life are your siblings. Yeah. And look, on the one hand, I'm not here to advocate. Some people have toxic family members and sometimes you got to cut right. them out of your life. I'm not, I'm not a family as family person. Right. Um, and at the holidays, if you're dealing with that, I, I think- you don't have to engage if your family is a toxic person. It's so messy at this point. And I, I'm going to say I think the royal family's mess and drama is bigger than most reality show stuff at this point. Like, I, 
there's so much toxicity. And I think maybe the reason we still care and I still kind of, I do click on the headlines and read about it and feel passionate is one, we can all relate. Like that's what I was just talking about is everybody has toxic family members, has had family issues. But two, you know, we really grew up with these people. I mean, I grew up knowing who William and Harry were. I grew up, they've, the Royals have been in my life, like longer than presidents have because they've always been the Royals. They don't have a term. So it's just wild the point that it's at. And I do think, I think Harry and Meghan are not done in any way. I feel like reading the tea leaves, there's a headline that allegedly they're looking at homes in LA. Meghan just did a variety red carpet. I mean, she just did a red carpet as if she's, you know, an actress. And Suits, that was my other point, Suits has been like the number one most binge show this year. By far. Which is the show she was on. Yeah. So if I'm putting the pieces together here, I think Megan, I think they've tried some other things that haven't worked. Their Spotify deal fell apart. They were slammed for that. Their Netflix deal, um, you know, it was that they didn't create enough content for the- It was a disaster. It was a disaster for the $100 million they got. So I think at this point, they've got to go back to what works. And for Megan, like- I mean, the acting option is there with the recent success of Suits and it coming back. Yeah, the rumor is they're trying to get out of, not get out of, but move from Montecito and get more into the thick of things down in L.A. Um, Look, the idea that they want privacy and want to go off, maybe they want privacy, but they do not want to be private. (laughs) They're two very different things. We love our privacy. We don't want to be private. They love the limelight. They love the red carpets. They love being in front of the cameras. They, you know, not the people that may stalk them and the paparazzi, they would like to choose. Um, And I can tell you, you don't get to choose. That's not a choice you get to make in this world that you've chosen to live in. And moving to LA is only going to exacerbate that. It will be interesting to see the next step they take. I agree. I feel like there is a headline imminent of she's going back to suits. She's going back to acting. They have some other deal, whatever it is. They're just, I don't think they loved being in Montecito and being forgotten. No, I I, exactly. I mean, when I saw Megan on that variety red carpet, I'm like, okay, yeah, here it is. You know, you're on a red carpet. I don't know how else to say it. You're on a red carpet. A red carpet's purpose is purely promotional. I will never forget that part of the Netflix documentary where she got a, text message from Beyonce. She like turns to Harry and she's like, guess who just texted me? Beyonce. And I thought, this is so weird. Like, why are you revealing this? Why are you sharing that? Like, to me, all that says is that you love celebrity and fame because you're like, this fame, this super famous person texted me, you know? And that that moment said so much to me. Yeah. And then the stuff when they were talking about the letter she wrote as a kid and the te- and the way the way she kind of responded to all that, it was just, it. I don't know. It, it felt weird. Felt a little interesting. I don't know who's right or who's wrong anymore. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of gray area and a lot of people making, like, I don't think there is a clear who is right. Oh, I think wrong. like most things, there's uh, enough egg on everybody's face and enough blame to go around. I'm sure- like one thing happened and then the next thing and that beget the next thing. And so, and then it just spirals out of control. What, what I really, again, take all of it away, whoever side you're on, you know, I know a lot of people are really sour on Harry and Megan. 
these are also just two human beings living their life and they're trying to take advantage of opportunities and all that. And I don't begrudge them of that, but I just, and I don't know how I'm getting involved, but somehow I want to bring these two brothers together. That's the only (laughs) thing. The only thing I really truly care about in this whole thing is that two brothers are not talking. And it seems like a book that's about to come out will be a bombshell. And it's this guy that writes really does have a lot of tea on the Royal family. So there's going to be a lot more juice that comes out and probably really bad stories. And one of them I've, I heard today was about how Harry was ghosted by William. And that is what led to him not being able to be there at the queen's side on her deathbed to say goodbye. And so a lot of animosity is going to be built up and it's only going to hurt more by this book coming out but I just somehow I want to bring these two boys together and just get them in a room and somehow bring them together as brothers. Cause deep down, I know they want that deep down. I know if something was really going wrong, they would be there to like save their each other's lives. They're brothers and they, and they, they had that bond and it's still there. I'm sorry. It's star Wars esque, but it's still there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, What's interesting is part of me wants to say, I would love for William and Kate to do an interview. I mean, they've really never, at this point, Harry's written a book. He did press tours. I've I've heard enough from Harry and Meghan's side. But I would love for them to do an interview, but Mm -hmm. I don't think they will because they don't have to, because now the tide has turned so much against Harry and Meghan. I think, I think they've like stayed silent and kind of held their heads high through this and that it's ultimately worked for them. Yeah. And, they, and and look, I, again, not picking sides. William definitely has the, the castle and the monarchy and everything behind him. He's got the power of the palace. Right. Fully behind what him. What is really also sort of, I don't know what the right word is, eerie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Harry is kind of living the life that his mother, I mean, Diana was no longer in the royal family when they got divorced, you know? So now Harry is divorced from the royal family. And it's just interesting that he's wound up there. I've wondered, because, you know, now the new season of The Crown is out where it's the season where Diana's death happens. I mean, it's a big Mm -hmm. season. And I've wondered, I'm not watching it, but I was texting with a friend about it and saying, like, what? how different would things have been if Diana had had you know, never died. Yeah. Yeah. Would she still be, would she still go to Royal functions because her sons were in the family? Would Harry have still left the family? Like, would he have just followed his mother's footsteps and left or would he still be in it? I I don't know. It's very interesting. I don't think this happens if Diana's alive. I don't know. I think their relationship's fine, but I, I would, it would Harry have stayed in the Royal family or would William, that's the interesting thing. Would William be such a proponent in a, in such a shill for the Royal family? If, his mom is still alive and she's clearly not a part of it. Do the boys remain such a staunch supporter of it? Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting to see. You know, I mean, who knows? But, you know, William is obviously this very strong member of the royal family. I think he's, it would be the most recognizable face of the royal family now, even more so than his dad. I mean, it's, you think of the boys. Totally. Well, we've all you thought of the queen. We grew she up passed. loving the boys because yeah. everybody saw because their Diana. faces with Diana. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you, you know, you think of William and Harry when you think of the Royal family now, because the queen is gone. And so it's funny, it's kind of skipped that generation because of Diana and it was, yeah, nobody's a big Charles fan. Are they? No, no, 
he's 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 the forgotten royal um and this is kind of so unpopular he's so easy to kind of know not maybe not dislike but not love it's the, he's not no, the i think a lot of people dislike him too. Yeah. <laughs> he's not not easy to like um thank you guys for joining us thank you for being with us as always we really appreciate it i hope you had a great holiday week and it's tough you get back into it and christmas is right around the corner get your shopping done and take care of each other thank you so much we love you and we will do it again next time because we have a lot more to talk about thanks for listening follow us on instagram at the most dramatic pod ever and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars i'll talk to you next time you like to watch new stuff right well go to hulu and see what's new because hulu has new stuff all the time like vanderpump villa the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm to front door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.